The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And he will be called Emmanuel. God with us. In the beginning, the word was with God and was God, the creator of all things, of all that is seen and unseen and all that is and was and is to come. The same God that spoke life by calling light from darkness, the same God who set the sun and moon and stars and sky and made us in his likeness, the same God that gathered the waters and separated the land, that same God, Emmanuel, was at work once again. That same God is mighty and powerful, but he holds us in the shelter of the shadow of his wings. The same God that David served when a smooth stone fell the giant. The same Emmanuel that David worshiped when he danced with abandon. The same God that shut the mouths of the lions for Daniel. He was in the fire with the three young men. That same with us God that brought fire from heaven. He has shattered nations and healed us all. The same God that wrote on the wall, the same God who carries us all, the same God who calls us to more, convicts us of wrong so that we can soar into his promises, into his call. The same God who is with us all. The same God who says, call me dad, the father forever and ever we have. The same God is with us, he stays by our side. He's the God, he brings prodigals home just in time. He's the same God that's with us. He stays through the end. He calls us by name and he calls us his friends. We come here to celebrate that same God again. And we call him by name as we cry out as one. He brought us his life and his light and his hope by his word. He came into our lives. Our God brought heaven to earth. So what can we do? What can we say but join our voices together
Hark the herald angels sing.
Amen. You can go ahead and take a seat just for a few moments. My name is Jeremiah. I get to be part of the team here. And on behalf of Heritage, we want to say welcome and Merry Christmas. Thank you. We are so thrilled that you're here to experience this time of worship in many different forms with us. We've got a great service planned for us to engage in worship to the King that we came to behold. In fact, when you came in, you received a worship order with information about how to connect at Heritage, but also just some of the expressions of worship that we're going to be participating in tonight. So we ask you to go ahead and use that to follow along, but more than that, feel free to connect and engage all along throughout this evening. Again, we have some great ways for you to get connected, and one of those is by using this card that was either in the seat when you sat down or in the seat back in front of you. I'd invite you to go ahead and take a look at that. If you would fill that out and give us however much information you're comfortable sharing with us, but what we really want to know is how we can pray for you, how we can partner with you as you find next steps here at Heritage. The back of the card is a great way for you to let us know what's going on in your life and any decisions that you make tonight. Again, we'll follow up with those in the days and weeks ahead. But the back of the card is also a really great way for you to share whatever fun information you'd like us to have. So I'd like to know, if you don't mind sharing it with us, what your favorite Christmas movie is, okay? Now, if I were filling this out and placing it, I would put Die Hard on the back of that. And, and guys, you need to know that Die Hard is a, is a valid answer, all right? Now, of course, I'm talking about the TV-edited version, of course, right? Of, of course. That's right, yeah. But as you leave tonight, we'll be receiving a special offering. We'd ask you to place your connection card in that offering on your way out. Um, we also want to invite you to connect with us tomorrow morning. While we won't be meeting in any of our physical locations, we are really excited to share in a virtual worship service with you tomorrow morning. You can go to heritageqc.com tomorrow and start your Christmas celebration with some time in worship and a brief message from the Word. I can't think of a better way to kick things off tomorrow than with that. So again, we invite you to do that at heritageqc.com. And as I mentioned, tonight we have several different expressions of worship that we're participating in. And if you're part of the Heritage family, a regular attender here, you know that one of the expressions we participate in is the giving of our tithes and offerings. And so in just a few moments, the ushers are going to come forward and they're going to receive our tithes and offerings today as an act of worship. So if you came prepared to give to that, I'm going to invite you to do that as they come forward, okay? Whether that's okay or not, they're going to come forward and we're going to do the offering, so I think we're good. Now, if you would go ahead and please stand with us as they come forward, this team is going to continue to lead us in worship. We're so glad you're here.
In those days, Caesar Augustus wanted to know the entire population of the Roman world, so everyone went to their hometowns to register. Because Joseph and his family were descendants of the house of David, they went to Bethlehem from Nazareth to register. He went with Mary, who was pledged to be his wife, was expecting a child. They searched and searched for a place to stay, but the time came for Mary to give birth to her firstborn, a son. I can imagine... Joseph, watching Mary lovingly wrap Jesus in clothes and lay him in the manger because there were no more rooms in the inns. And, and as a child, Joseph had to have heard all the prophecies of the Messiah, that he was going to be born of a virgin and that he was going to be called Emmanuel, God with us. But sometimes I wonder if Joseph thought that with us would include himself.
in Bethlehem, so many incredible things happened. The shepherds were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. It says, for today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Time. 
While the shepherds were in the fields, a huge company of angels appeared to them. They were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. When the angels left, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried into town and found Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, who was lying in a manger. After they saw him, they told everyone who would listen about Jesus, and everyone was amazed by what the shepherds had told them. The shepherds returned later, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, because it was just as they had been told it would be. The scripture says that Mary treasured all this in her heart and pondered it. I wonder if in that moment, Mary remembered that it was just as God had told her it would be too.
after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, during a time of King Herod, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is this one who was born the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Well, when Herod heard this, he was insecure because he thought his power would be threatened by another king. So he called in all the priests and the teachers of the law, and he asked them, where is this Messiah supposed to be born? Well, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod met secretly with the wise men, and he found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And then he told them, he says, go and make careful search for the child. And as soon as you find him, you report back to me uh, so that I can worship him too. Well, after the wise men heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And then they bowed down and they worshiped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being warned in a dream not to go back to King Herod, the wise men returned to their country by a different route. Why don't you guys stand and sing this next one with us? So come all you faithful, I think everybody knows this well, let's sing it all together.
right, you guys may not have known this when you came in, but it turns out that you have been officially enlisted in the Heritage Worship Band, okay? You guys are the newly dubbed percussion section, all right? All right, sweet, you're excited, I'm into it. All right, so here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna introduce you to Darcy, to Steve, and to Isabel. So anybody on the outside of Darcy and Isabel, you're gonna clap with them, all right? I'm gonna teach you a part, it's really simple. It's Very, very good. All right, you guys in the center section here, you're gonna follow Steve. He's gonna teach you just a little bit of a different part. All right, you ready? All right, let's make sure we're getting it all together here. On the sides, two, three. All right, center section. You guys sound amazing. Just so you know, worship auditions are coming up in a couple of weeks here, all right? I expect to see you all there. All right, now here's the tricky part. We're gonna try and do this clapping and sing at the same time. But you guys are doing such a great job, I think it's gonna be easy, all right? You ready? Oh, come let us adore you. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ. a hand. Would you mind singing that chorus with me one more time? Oh, come let us adore. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. One more time. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that we can come and behold the living God, God incarnate who took on flesh and humanity for our benefit and for our sake. God, as we settle into just a, a few moments here in the word, we pray that you would still our hearts and minds and be able to hear you and not just hear, but to behold who you truly are in this season, that you are the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince peace. Jesus, we love you, and we're so thankful for this time with you and with one another. And we ask that you would just bless the rest of this time with one another. In Jesus' name, they all said, amen. As I walk this great unknown, 
Questions come and questions go Was there purpose for the pain? Did I cry these tears in vain? I don't want to live in fear I want to trust that you are near The biggest thing that our inmates need is hope. Without it, they fall into depression. They fall into acting out, which makes the life for my friends at work, our security guards and our other non-security staff, it, it's hard for them because then we're focusing on other things. We're not focusing on re-entry. We're not focusing on making these guys better for when they go back into society. By coming in and volunteering and having meaningful relationships with, with our inmates, we're providing hope. They're gonna start feeling love. Love is gonna give them a feeling of hope because now they're seeing, hey, people actually care. I'm not forgotten. I'm not just a piece thrown away. You are gonna instill in them hope by showing them that they still have meaningful life left in them. When they leave here, they're gonna remember that. And by remembering that, then they're gonna go out and they're gonna become part of society again, and they're not gonna come back and see us. We envision live worship. We want guys to really be involved, to experience and to freely worship during this time. We also envision relevant teaching, which is Bible-based and God-led. Third, we envision small groups that dive deeper into what was talked about in the message. When you go to church on Sunday mornings, you get to experience God. Why should it be any different for the inmates at the Kiwani Correctional Center? Hey, my name is Micah Kephart, and I'm the founder and CEO of Poetis International. Poetis is the combination of two words, poetry and justice. And it's an organization that was birthed out of an experience that I had back in 2005. Spent the majority of my ministry as a worship pastor in the local church, and God called me to go to Zambia where I was confronted with profound injustice. And in that moment, God completely reoriented my life, my future, around doing justice in the two-thirds world. Poetis International is a nonprofit that empowers local leaders to see transformation in their communities. We serve the poorest of the poor, the widow, the orphan, victims of exploitation, and youth. Having served in the local church, I'm passionate about the local church and believe that the church is the hope of the world. I also believe that all missions is local and that's why we're so passionate about empowering local leaders. But we play a role in that in the West. We play a role to transfer knowledge but also to be transformed ourselves. If all missions is local and we're called to serve locally, sometimes it takes going to the end of the world in order to see the end of your street in a different way. And I believe that that's what God does as Poetis builds a bridge from the West to the two-thirds world that you can see God's heart for people, you can see God's heart for justice, you can see God's heart for the poor in a whole new way. You are with me and you won't let go. 
Merry Christmas, Heritage. I love this time of year we pause to celebrate with family and friends. And I know that many of you have been looking with anticipation for quite some time. You've been decorating your home and your tree. You've been baking tasty treats, watching your favorite Christmas movies, and listening to music of the season, even while you prepare to exchange gifts. And all of that points us to celebrating the greatest gift ever, God giving us himself, the Father sending the Son, the Word becoming flesh. It's wonderful. It's it's why Christmas is a wonderful time of year. But one of the greatest mistakes we can make around Christmas is how we approach it in the first place, how we look at it from the beginning. Because it's not just something to remember. It's not just a time to remember. It's a time to behold. Not just to remember, but a time to behold. Not just something to know, but a time to join, to behold. See, this word behold means to look and see, but it means more than that, especially as it's used in Scripture. And we spent a number of weeks as a church family unpacking some of the nuances of that word behold and how it plays out in our daily lives. And if you missed any of that journey, I encourage you to go to heritageqc.com and under the media tab, catch up on what you missed. But let me give you a snapshot of the concept. You see, behold does mean to look or to see, but it's not passive, it's active. When we look, we only see, but when we behold, we begin to participate. We become active participants. So when we behold someone or something, when we behold God, we become part of a simultaneous action where when we embrace God, he embraces us. As we engage him, he engages us. It's that active participation, and in that dynamic, we're changed. But sadly, many people engage Christmas only by looking at it, staying on the surface, and never move into beholding it, never engaging fully, and therefore miss the full opportunity that's available. But in order for us not to experience it Christmas that way this year, I want to take time to revisit a particular moment on that first Christmas. That first Christmas that occurred in an obscure Middle Eastern town called Bethlehem when no one was looking. But a doctor named Luke captured the details and wrote them down, and he described the birth of Jesus and Jesus being placed in a manger, but he also described an angel showing up to some shepherds, which was a pretty odd target group because shepherds are not considered to be high caliber or high character people of their day. They were not considered to be reliable. They were not even allowed to testify in legal matters. But yet God chose to tell them first and to have them tell others first. And that moment when that all went down was a bit alarming to them. It surprised them. They were a bit freaked out. But here's what the angel said to them. The angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now at this point, a whole bunch of other angels show up. A party breaks out. They start raising the roof. Woo, woo. And then glory to God in the highest. It's this grand moment. But in all of that grandeur, there was this subtlety. The subtlety that he existed before this moment. The son existed before that first Christmas. We know this from a number of times in the Bible that it's described, but most clearly it's described by John, one of the disciples of Jesus, where he says at the beginning of his gospel, 
He says, in the beginning was the word. Now he's talking about Jesus. We could literally replace the word with Jesus and say, in the beginning was Jesus and, and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now hold the phone and stop the presses. Jesus existed before the first Christmas. He wasn't given life in the manger. He was given mortality. He was given humanity. His birth and his death were not things that just happened to him. They were the very reasons he came. He was born in a manger. He died on a cross. He emptied a tomb so that you and I can have light and life. Behold that. Behold. Just consider another guy. His name was Isaiah, and God spoke through Isaiah in lots of different ways. But, but Isaiah talked about that first Christmas hundreds of years before it happened. Here's what he said. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, he's talking about the same light that John would write about years later after Jesus came. He's declaring the coming of the Messiah. And it is great news, especially for those of us who are struggling with life, who are weary and worn out, struggling with the difficulties of life and even maybe some dark realities in life. But Isaiah goes on to speak. He says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are great things. They're not so much literal names, but aspects of his character. Aspects of character for the one who would be given the name Jesus. There's greatness to behold in these realities. They tell us who he is and what he came for. It's why Christmas is so special. And because this is a reality, then today, now for us, our life now, today, and our life next, tomorrow, can be different can be different for all eternity because he is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. But he's also given another title, and that's Emmanuel. Emmanuel, it's only used three times in scripture. It means God with us, or with us is God. And it speaks to his divinity and his humanity. It speaks to how far he was willing to go to save us. It reminds us that he took on frailty and weaknesses. And it shows us that because he came to be with us, we can be with him. Emmanuel, God with us. But the problem is that many people stop with remembering and never move to behold. We observe things about Christmas. We know things about Christmas, but we never fully engage. And to truly behold will always require engaging the heart. It requires us to move past our eyes to engage our heart. Maybe you could think about it this way. When you look at a piece of art, it's different than when we behold a piece of art. To behold involves understanding. It involves feeling. Just this past week, I went to the Figgy Art Museum here in the Quad Cities and I was in the exhibit called Rembrandt and the Jews, which is filled with some etchings by Rembrandt of biblical stories. And I was impressed by the, the size and detail of his work. 
because they were small and intricate. We were even provided with a magnifying glass to, to see the details. And my favorite etching by far was the one of Abraham preparing to sacrifice his son Isaac. When I saw it, I recognized it for what it was from the beginning, but as I began to look at it closer, as I began to study the detail, I was captured by the intensity and the complexity of the moment. The awkwardness of a father preparing to kill his son. The beauty of that same father racked with pain, faced with the God-given task in front of him. The consent and humility of that son submitting to the father to be a sacrifice. It was powerful. Now, I share that with you for two reasons. One is the clear and direct parallel to God and Jesus and the reason Christmas even exists, that a son had to come to be sacrificed. But second, because beholding is not the same as looking. When I looked at it, I recognized it for what it was, but as I began to study it, as I began to reflect on it, as I began to look at the details and consider it, I moved from looking to beholding. I moved from engaging my eyes to engaging my heart, and I began to identify as myself a son. To identify as a father with two sons. Also identify as having a heavenly father. And the reality is, in the same way at Christmas, when we begin to behold the details and intricacies of Christmas, everything begins to change. That it was God leaving eternity to come for us. To make a way for us to return to him. To remove our shame and our sin and our brokenness and our pain through Jesus. The birth of Jesus marks the start of that, where the infinite collides with the finite, where God becomes man, where perfection takes on imperfection, where purity absorbs impurity. Emmanuel, God with us. When, when the angels showed up to the shepherds, what they were inviting him to do, they were inviting them to actually not just look but to behold, to, to engage, to participate. And they did, because man, once they got the news, they ran and they found Jesus and they, they encountered him, they engaged with him and they were transformed and they left changed. And they were proclaiming praise of God and they were telling everybody they could as active participants because they had beheld. The truth is, until we behold the baby, we'll never behold the king. We need to behold the baby to behold the man in order to behold the king. When we behold the baby, we can more fully behold the king. And when we fully behold the king, well, now we more fully behold the baby. But when we separate the two, it's nothing more than a baby in a manger and a distant God. But together, he's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, Emmanuel, God with us. And Christmas is not just something to remember, it's something to behold. One of my favorite statements at Christmas it comes from author and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and it's a statement that I actually revisit every Christmas for myself personally because it's so powerful in my life. I want to share it with you. He said, all who at the manger finally laid down all power and honor and all prestige, all vanity, all arrogance and self-will, all who take their place among the lowly and let God alone be on high, all who see the glory of God in the lowliness of the child in the manger, these are the ones who will truly celebrate Christmas. This is what it means to behold at Christmas. Not just to remember, but to participate. Not to passively wait, but to actively pursue, to chase. Because when we behold him, when we behold his essence and his ways, well then we're able to look at our own lives in light of our understanding of him. 
And then we can incrementally align our lives more and more to the one whom we are beholding, which means we have a choice to behold or not to behold. The invitation is to behold him just as we are because he came. He did come, but it actually doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything in our life. It changes nothing in our life until we receive him, until we behold him. John went on to talk about it this way. He said he was, and this is Jesus, Jesus was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the invitation and opportunity for us at Christmas, to behold him, to become children of God. To behold him, not just as a baby in a manger, but as a God who entered time and space to rescue us from something we couldn't rescue ourselves from. He came for you. He came for me. He came for us. And until we receive him, or until we fully surrender, we will never fully behold. Until we fully surrender, we will never and cannot fully behold We need to receive him, turn from our sin, embrace him, engage him, and not simply look. So you gotta understand something. God does not forgive us just because he loves us. He sends Jesus because he loves us. He doesn't forgive us because he loves us. He forgives us because Jesus lived and died and rose again. And when we receive him, when we fully surrender, then we can fully behold. But until we fully surrender, we cannot fully behold. And we cannot fully experience his love. A gentle love. The love of a gentleman in the sense that he will not force us to receive him. That's something we have to do on our own. But when we do, we experience his presence. We experience Emmanuel, God, with us. And Christmas begins to look different. And that happens through a simple conversation. It's through a prayer. A prayer kind of like this one. This is an example prayer of what what can be prayed to receive and behold Jesus. And and if you're ready to behold him this Christmas, if you're ready to receive him, to receive his light and his life in your life, I want to encourage you in a moment to pray this prayer with me. But if you're someone who is already living beholding him, then this is an opportunity for you to pray for those who are praying this prayer. Because all across our network at Bettendorf Online here at Rock Island, if you're ready to move from just looking to actually beholding to receiving him and receiving his light and life in your life, I want to encourage you to silently pray this prayer with me as I read it aloud. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will as I behold you. In your name, amen. Oh, man. If you prayed that prayer, the light of Jesus has entered the darkness of your life. And you are already now different, spiritually different. His light has entered your life. Just as I even light the Christ candle, symbolizing the reality that he is the light of the world. You're different. You're spiritually different. But there's also a ripple into relationships, to your past, to emotional and physical realities. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus has entered your life in a new way. And you're already beginning to feel and see things differently. You can actually even behold him differently, more fully now. 
And things you once were not able to understand about God will now begin to change as he shows himself more and more and more to you. I celebrate it. It's the beginning of a lifelong journey. It's not the end. It's not a destination. It's the beginning and a launching pad. And you don't have to walk that journey alone. We as a church family want to walk that with you. And we would love to know if you prayed that prayer. In fact, when everybody walked in today and you sat down, there would have been within arm's reach a card that looks like this. I don't invite everybody just to reach out and grab one. Grab a hold of it, take it in your hand, and take a look at it. I encourage everybody to fill this out. Let us know that you are here. Let us know how we can connect more fully with you in the journey. On the way out today, you'll find some folks with receptacles. You can just drop those in as you go. But listen, if you prayed that prayer with me, be sure to mark, I pray to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Let us know that you have chosen to behold him fully. We want to walk with you. We want to give you some resources. In fact, as you go, when you drop this card, I encourage you to go to a desk or kiosk in the lobby at your campus where there'll be some folks to give you some more information. And if you made this decision today for the first time, you prayed this prayer for the first time, and you don't have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible as a gift today, our gift to you this Christmas. So be sure to stop by the desk or kiosk. If you're someone who's prayed that prayer as a rededication, let us know that as well. Mark an R, put a circle around it, write rededication. Let us know that decision as well. And if you're someone who is thinking, I'm just not quite ready, I have some more questions, I want to encourage you to stop by the desk or kiosk, that same location. We have folks there who will be happy to talk and answer any questions you have. But today we celebrate that Jesus is the light of life. He enters our life. He came for us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. So here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to move towards closing our time. We're going to worship in song and light. When you came in today, you would have received a candle. I want to invite you to grab that candle as I invite the ushers across our network to move forward. We're going to cross our network, take a moment to worship in song and light. In a moment, I'm going to light my candle from the Christ candle and then light a few ushers' candles and we're going to light each other's candle until, until we have the opportunity to worship together with song and light. As we do that, what we're ultimately doing, what we're acknowledging is who Jesus is, who he is. We're, we're taking this moment to celebrate, to honor and proclaim that he is the light of the world.
you can go ahead and extinguish your candles at this time. Again, we want to say thank you so much for joining with us. It's been our pleasure and our joy to celebrate Christmas with you in these ways. As you prepare to leave this evening, we want to remind you of a couple of opportunities coming up to connect with us in the coming days. One is tomorrow morning at heritageqc.com for our virtual worship service. The next is next weekend, we have a special family service for New Year's weekend. On Saturday night at 5 o'clock and on Sunday morning at 1045, we'd love to see you here celebrating with us. Now, as you leave, there are going to be some receptacles to receive your extinguished candles outside in the lobby. Don't forget also the special offering that we're receiving tonight. You can place your connection card in there. And if you came tonight not ready to participate in that offering, but you would like to now, there are still opportunities to do that online, again, at heritageqc.com. Our heart for you is that you would have a very Merry Christmas. As you head out tonight, the team is going to sing one more song, and uh, we ask that you, would, that you would be safe out there and celebrate well with your families, all right? Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for being here. <laughs>